Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 397 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about gratitude and how specifically gratitude can help you uh, with your money, with your money habits, um, and how you think about where your money goes uh, on a month-to-month basis, a week-to-week basis, and even a daily basis, right? Um, so I really want to you know, hone in on this idea of gratitude because I think it is so vital when it comes to our ability uh, to actively manage our money uh, and to be good managers and good stewards of our money over a long period of time. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if we could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, I think a really good place to start this episode would just be to uh, define what is gratitude, okay? And uh, it's a very simple definition, right? Gratitude is the quality of being thankful or the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness, right? Uh, so let's start with the quality of being thankful, right? How many things in our lives are we thankful for? And some of us may have much longer lists than others. I know I have a very long list of things that I'm extremely, extremely thankful for, right? And then you might just ask yourself, okay, well, if you display gratitude, if you display this quality of being thankful and you have a bunch of things that you're thankful for, how does that impact your money? Why, why does it matter to your money? Well, it absolutely does, right? The way that we think, our worldview, uh, the way that we feel, our emotions, they're going to directly impact uh, how we do things in our everyday lives, right? They're going to impact how we manage money. They're going to impact how we work. They're going to impact how we uh, you know, spend our leisure time, right? They're going to impact all of those things, right? Our worldview, the way we think about life, um, our you know, beliefs, our, our faith is going to impact how we think about uh, and do everything that we do. So gratitude will definitely impact what we do. Now, Money is being recognized more and more as a highly emotional experience. And I think far too often we want to you know, categorize money as something that is extremely um, quantitative, right? Uh, it's a numbers game. And in essence, it is. But I think uh, it being a numbers game is what gets so many people in trouble. It gets so many people uh, either to the point where they don't want uh, to pay attention to their financial lives and or uh, it puts them in a situation where they don't think that they're good with money simply because they're not that good at math, right? Uh, basically, the managing of your money doesn't have much more to do with math uh, than you know basic arithmetic would say. So um, this is a fallacy, right? It's a fallacy that uh, money is highly quantitative. In, in quite the contrast, it is highly emotional. 
right? There are many feelings that may influence our decision to make a purchase. And sometimes those items wind up being the greatest thing we ever bought. Most of the time though, we're thrilled with it at first, but then the excitement wears off a few days or weeks later. And this is just the common, uh, super, super common buyer's remorse, right? Uh, you buy something with um, you know, these big emotions, these big thoughts about, man, I, I really want this thing. This thing is awesome. I love it. And then a couple of weeks later, it either gets put on a shelf or gets put in a garage or whatever, uh, and you rarely come back to it. Now, there's nothing wrong with buying something that you see and that you want. However, it is important to keep in mind that this habit can be detrimental uh, when you begin overspending. Overspending can cause you to take away from your other financial goals, like saving for a house, getting out of debt, uh, investing more money, right? And anything that takes away from our ability to walk through our financial goals uh, and ultimately reach long-term financial freedom, then we want to eliminate those things. Now it's tough and quite frankly miserable to quit overspending cold turkey, right? But there are other less rigid solutions out there that'll actually make you feel good about what you're doing right? Um, Paco de Leon is a financial planner and author uh, of Finance for the People, getting a grip on your finances. And he suggests using gratitude as a tool to change your spending habits. And so uh, I think this is a really interesting thought because uh, if we can go into a situation, especially a situation with our money, um, and we have this, this feeling uh, of gratitude, being thankful for what we have, understanding what we have, right? Um, then I think it can have a very real impact on our spending habits. Uh, so I think that he may have something to say here. So let us jump right in. Why do we spend money? Okay. And uh, De Leon says, I think oftentimes when we want to buy something, we approach it with a scarcity mentality uh, where we say to ourselves, I don't have this thing I want so much, so I must acquire it. Now, for sure, scarcity is a way uh, that you can get to buy things, right? Uh, when items go on sale, for example, we feel that we should buy them now because they won't be around later. Humans by nature have a tendency to compare themselves to one another. And it's a bad habit that's rooted in our evolution uh, since comparison has often been necessary for survival. Uh, early humans needed to fit in with other larger groups for safety and the best way to be accepted by others was to show that you were similar to them and that you had the tools that they needed. So it makes sense that we hold on to this instinct, right? Um, and so uh, why we spend money is directly tied to our emotions, right? It's directly tied to how we feel about things, right? And the mentality that we have, right? We have this scarcity mentality a lot of times and uh, we're so afraid of not having, we have fear of missing out, right? Um, and when things go on sale, we wanna buy them. When um, it even looks like something went on sale, we wanna buy them. I, I think it's so funny when you go into certain stores and they always have things, you know, quote unquote, marked down. Um, and I think to myself, well, if it's always marked down, then is it ever marked down, right? Or is this just the price? And this is a, you know, marketing tool to uh, say, hey, can you buy this? Do you, do you wanna buy this? Because it is marked down, right? Um, so we like to really hold on to this scarcity mentality uh, and we like to compare ourselves to one another, right? We like to look at what, at what others have and, and use that as a comparison point for ourselves. Now, the problem with this is that this can lead us to a lack of gratitude in our own lives. Now, some may argue that it's also rooted in a lack of gratitude, but 
I think it basically perpetuates um, a lack of gratitude because uh, if you look around and you see that somebody has something that you don't, right, um, and something that you ultimately want, uh, then that can make you think less of yourself and your own situation and think that I'm never going to be anything unless I have the thing that this other person has, right? Now, on the other hand, if you are uh, you know, comfortable with what you have, you're grateful, uh, you don't have this you know, fear of missing out on what other people may have, um, then you don't worry about when you see, you know, your friend buying something or, or your neighbor driving a, a new vehicle or whatever, right? You know that you have what you need, you, you're thankful for what you have, and you don't need to just fit in in order to feel uh, accomplished in the way uh, that you should. Now, as De Leon puts it, uh, today's technology makes it even easier to exploit these innate emotions and needs. Seeing people post online about a luxury car easily evokes feelings of desire and status. You might like the idea of owning the same car uh, because of the image that it's associated with uh, and because it sends a message to other people that you are someone of high status because you own this type of car. Back in the day, you bought a tractor because of its features, right? Sellers didn't need to appeal to our emotions or appeal to you know who you are, which is how it works today, right? Now, when people are trying to sell you a car, they're saying um, you know things about how you feel about the car, right? Uh, you know how your neighbor might feel if you drive this car into your driveway, or how your friends are going to look at you, or uh, you know how successful you're going to be, or whatever. And ultimately, it's just stuff, right? It's just stuff that we are going out uh, and spending money on. But the tactics by which people are trying to get you to purchase them are pulling directly at your emotions and your you know innate need uh, to fit in with others. Now, feeling like we need to buy something because it would make us happier or make us seem uh, more like we fit an ideal or appealing image creates a lot of room for us to overspend, right? We aren't using logic um, or you know thinking through a process to find reasons uh, why we don't actually need this thing. So it's important um, so it's easy to impulsively hit the checkout button, right? It's really easy to check out uh, and not worry about overspending and just say, hey, I'm just gonna buy this because it makes me feel good, right? If money's so emotional, uh, then obviously the things that uh, we do with money can make us feel good, they can make us feel bad. Uh, but how do we overcome this, right? Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, fear of missing out, uh, you know, these emotional things that are gonna make us want to overspend uh, how can we get over this? Because ultimately we have to. Uh, if you want to do anything in your financial life, the whole um, idea is to spend less than you make, right? Live on less than you make. And this is a requirement regardless of how much money you make. Because if you constantly consume every single thing that you have, then it's going to be hard to build up anything substantial when it comes to wealth, right? If you're constantly consuming then it doesn't matter how much money you get, right? We see uh, these stories time and time again of professional athletes who got the world given to them in the amount of money that they made uh, coming out of college or coming out of high school, and then they end up broke, right? And the reason that they ended up broke had a lot to do with emotions. It had a lot to do with you know not knowing how uh, to spend the money they had, but they spent all of their income. And so to think that, you know, just because they signed that multi-million dollar deal makes them wealthy is a fallacy because it does not make them wealthy. It simply makes them, um, you know, very rich in the short term, right? It makes them income rich, uh, but they have not truly built wealth because 
they're spending everything that they have in some cases. Now, there are a lot of ways to prevent yourself from making purchases aimlessly, right? Some popular methods involve waiting 24 hours or a few days uh, before buying an item to see if you really, really want it. And I think this is a, a good tactic and it's more and more useful the larger the item is. And the larger the item is, the more time you should give yourself uh, between first thinking about it and ultimately wanting to buy something. Because I can tell you guys this, I don't buy a ton of things for myself, but I even feel in myself sometimes this impulsiveness, right? When I really want something, when I really get this idea of, um, you know, I have to have this thing, um, my mind gets very impulsive. I'm like, okay, well, I gotta buy it now. I gotta buy it, I, I can't wait, I gotta buy it now. Uh, even though I don't do this on a consistent basis. And so I have to give myself these guidelines of saying, hey, why don't you wait? Why don't you wait a day, wait a week, wait a month, wait um, even a year in some cases and see if you really still want this thing then. And if you do, then go ahead and buy it, right? Obviously, if it's within um, a reasonable realm of the amount of money that you could spend on it. Um, if it's not, then it's out of the picture anyway, right? If we don't budget for it, if we don't plan for it, then it's out of the picture anyway if it's a large purchase. Now, if you still want the item after whatever time period it is, uh, then it usually suggests that it's fine to buy it. But most of the time, people end up forgetting about the item altogether. And this has happened to me before too, right? Uh, I'll have something that in the short term, I'm like, ooh, that's really neat, that's really cool. I'll give you an example. And just to tell you, I still don't have one of these, right? I do still think it's neat, but I still don't have one, okay? Um, I found this thing that you know slips over the back of a MacBook right? And two screens slide out the side, right? So it makes one screen into three screens, which is super neat. And I was like, heck yeah, I'd love to have one of those. But then, you know, I gave myself some time and time went by and I completely forgot about it. And then I think just the other day I saw it um, on, you know, my Amazon or online or something. And I'm like, oh, I totally forgot that that existed. Now, do I still think it's neat? Sure. Uh, but did I want it enough or need it enough uh, that it's constantly weighing on my mind? Absolutely not, right? So needless to say, I do not have one of those, right? But um, yeah, sometimes we just forget about it and that can help us to not spend. Now, according to uh, De Leon, practicing gratitude can play an instrumental role in preventing unnecessary spending, right? Gratitude is the antidote because it allows you to appreciate what you have right now and it helps you eliminate those feelings of lack. Appreciating what you currently have uh, can help you avoid lifestyle creep, uh, which is the tendency to buy bigger, nicer, newer, and oftentimes more expensive items as your income increases. Kind of like buying that uh, you know, fancy new car after you get a raise, or even though the car you currently have still runs perfectly fine, then you're going to buy that car anyway, right? Um, if you appreciate what you have, then you'll feel no need uh, to just jump right in into buying new things. And you'll feel no need uh, to constantly get the newest and the nicest and the best, right? I'll give you some examples of this. And there's some of the most common examples there are out there. Uh, vehicles. Vehicles are some of the most common examples. And that's why uh, that they use it here. Because, you know, new cars are something that people see. People see uh, you driving around in whatever it is that you have. And so people want it to be the nicest thing. They want that to be their luxury symbol. Also, people always want the nicest and newest phone, right? Uh, have you noticed that there are people who they don't care 
if their phone still works, they need the newest one. They need the nicest one. They need the best one, even though they don't at all need the newest, nicest, or best one, right? And I can even think about um, you know, places that people live, right? Uh, they see it as a, as a status symbol. They see it as um, you know something that, hey, if I can afford it, quote unquote, right? Meaning if I can afford the payment on it, uh, then I want to buy it or I want to live in it, All right? So people who don't need to uh, buy this much of an apartment or, you know, buy this much of a house will go and do so simply for the optics, right? But appreciating what you currently have can help you uh, to not need to do those things, right? Why do you need the biggest and baddest and nicest house that you can't really afford um, if, you know, it doesn't ultimately make you happy. It doesn't ultimately make you feel better, right? It just it just creeps up the lifestyle over time. I think a lot about people who um, are young, right? And maybe my age, maybe younger, uh, who they go out and they buy a lot of things on debt very, very early, right? Very nice things. And then I think to myself, okay, uh, maybe they make the payments on those. Maybe they don't get into financial trouble, right? You know, God willing, hopefully that they don't get into financial trouble. Well, even if they don't, then what's next, right? You bought all these nice things, all these new things, all these good looking things. Well, what's next, right? I, I'm going to guess that you're not going to stay in that same house forever or want to. I'm going to guess that you don't want to drive those same cars forever, right? I'm going to guess that, I, I'm just going to guess that that's going to be the case. So what's going to happen? Lifestyle creep. And so if you start at a you know high bar initially, and then you just continue creeping up and up more uh, on the, the ladder of lifestyle, then things are going to get really expensive over a long period of time. Uh, and all of that just stems from a lack of gratitude. It stems from uh, a lack of being appreciative for what you currently have. Now, you might practice gratitude by thinking back to how you felt when you first purchased whatever you have right now, your current car, your current house, your current whatever, right? Now, maybe you'll remember pulling extra shifts and working holidays to save enough to buy it. And when you finally made the purchase, you were extremely proud of your accomplishment. Thinking back to these positive feelings can help you appreciate your current uh, vehicle, your current item, whatever it is, more so you feel less like you need a newer, more expensive one. And this is a great thought process, right? Um, we need to be thoughtful about what got us to where we are. Because I think a lot of people forget, you forget the work that you had to do to get where you are. You forget um, you know, all the time and the money that was spent getting you to where you currently are financially. And so um, when you forget that, then you look up and you go, oh, well, it's very easy to fall into this place where you can overspend and um, you know, and where you can buy things that you don't need with money that you don't have, right? And you just go deeper and deeper in debt. And there's just no reason, right? There's no reason uh, to do all that when you could just simply think, hey, you know, I worked real hard to get what I have. I'm happy with what I have. Now, there are many ways to practice gratitude, and there's no right or wrong way to do so, right? An article from Positive Psychology suggests journaling, creating a gratitude box, letter writing, and more, right? I think journaling is is very interesting, right? Because, um, you know, I, I say all the time to, you know, I teach, you know, college students, I, I say all the time to them, you know, if you're not taking notes, then how are you going to remember, right? I know some people are auditory learners, and uh, even I myself like to sit and listen, right? But 
when I write things down, I just remember them differently, right? I just remember them in a more intense way, right? So writing down how you feel about your money and the things that you want and why you want them and things like that can really create a lot of clarity in your financial life uh, and make it to where the way that you think about a particular item, a particular purchase or whatever um, becomes very clear in your own mind and you can um, better reconcile whether you should be purchasing that thing or not. Now, having a gratitude practice only costs you the time it takes to do it, right? The only way that you'll know the impact is to try it for yourself. And that's really, you know, part of the, and that's really half the battle. Really half the battle is trying, right? It's trying new things, uh, trying to see how you actually feel about something and not uh, just jumping into a particular purchase headlong. Now, it's not to say that you should stop buying new things altogether. I am not at all advocating for not buying new things. That's not what I'm getting at, right? What I'm getting at is that there are people, and I mean, there's tons of people, who buy things that they cannot afford, right? They buy things that are too expensive for them, or they buy things using debt where there was no reason. There was no reason uh, to take on debt in order to purchase whatever the thing was, right? Uh, and then they have regrets because they know that they didn't need that thing in the first place. Uh, then they're frustrated. They're frustrated with the whole idea because they, they're like, you know, I, I shouldn't have done this, but now I can't get out of it. Or now there's no reason to get out of it. I feel boxed in or whatever. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy new things. I'm just saying you should be thoughtful about buying new things and you should really put a lot of, um, a lot of time, a lot of emotion into uh, exactly what buying this new thing would you know do. What, what would it do for you? What would it take from you? Because in some cases, in a lot of cases, buying new things takes more from you than it gives to you. And I think about this all the time. We you know we'll go back to the car example. And when you're thinking about vehicles, I mean, what really are you gaining by buying a new one, right? And I'm saying buying a new one when I'm saying like, let's say your car's got. 80,000 miles on it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly fine for an 80,000 mile car that's a few years old or whatever. Um, but you want a brand new one. Like what's the brand new one going to do for you, right? Uh, is it going to, you know, drive you any new places? No. Uh, is it going to allow you to drive faster, get somewhere faster? No. Right. Is it going to do anything for you in a practical manner that is different from the car that you had previously? In some cases, this answer may be yes, right? You may have kids and you want more space for your kids in the back. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes that's just a, a farce. You know, people talk about needing more space for their kids and they have one kid and they buy a, a you know, a Chevy Suburban. And I'm like, I, that didn't make any sense, right? Um, but, People try to get more room for their kids. That can be a practical reason. Um, if there's something legitimately wrong with the car that you have, sometimes there are practical reasons to buy uh, vehicles. And now that doesn't mean they need to be brand new. Right? I've talked to you guys before about buying vehicles and why buying brand new vehicles is an absolute bad idea. Right? But we need to think about it. Right? And we need to be thoughtful about buying new things. And by all means, if you have the money to do so, right, and you're doing so out of um, a, a clear conscience and a clear mind, then by all means, buy things that you want to buy, right? But don't buy them for no reason, right? And don't buy them based on the fact uh, that you, you know, are, you know, fearing that somebody else will uh, have nicer things than you or, or be better off than you. It's just so easy to fall into this keeping up with the Jones, 
fear of missing out mindset uh, for anybody, for myself, for, for anyone, right? Uh, I can sit here and teach you about it all day long, but I'm, I'm not going to be um, sitting here and lying to you and saying that, you know, I don't have some of the same thoughts, but I just have to have these mechanisms in place, right? These thought processes in place, these actions that I've taken in the past in place uh, to where I don't act or react in a negative way based on some of these emotional responses that I can have. Now, you need to make sure that you are thoughtful about making purchases, right? Uh, you need purchases to be things that you'll genuinely love rather than just making a purchase because everyone else is doing it. Because ultimately, that's just going to be a budget buster. It's going to be something that is going to make you overspend over time. And that's just not what anybody is looking for when they're trying to go uh, and purchase things. What you buy today could have very real impacts on you a year from now right? Um, but make that impact a positive impact, not a negative one, right? And you need to make sure, uh, undoubtedly, that you create space for wants, right? Uh, above just your needs. Now, there are different times in your financial life and in like the financial action plan that I lay out for you guys um, that wants and needs uh, can be highlighted. For instance, right? When you're early on in the financial action plan and you don't have an emergency fund, and you're just starting to budget, and you have debt outstanding, and all these types of things, right? Um, you need to focus on your needs. You don't need to focus on a bunch of things that you want, right? You need to focus on your needs and specifically getting to a place where your financial foundation is well laid, right? But once you've got all your debt paid off, you have an emergency fund, you're investing, all these types of things, then wants can really be a big part uh, of what you end up spending money on. And that is okay, right? But again, we need to create space for this because if we don't create space for our wants, sometimes it'll just bubble over our emotions will and we'll just you know go hog wild on buying all the wants that we want all at once, right? Um, so you need to budget for these things. And especially if you, you're married and uh, talk through these things with your spouse, uh, and really be thoughtful about, hey, what do you want? Not just what do we need, but what do you want? Why do you want it? Uh, and will it be reasonable for us to buy the things that we want? Because it's still good to buy things that you want with money that you have. But the problem is buying things that you want in the short term because you want to impress somebody with money that you don't have. And that becomes the really big problem. Now, you might consider opening a, another account right? Just for money that uh, you're socking away to buy certain wants in your life, which can be a, an awesome use of a particular bank account. Now, this way you can spend whatever's in that account without imposing some rigid, miserable rules on yourself and how you're allowed to spend money, right? And I think, again, this, this can be a very useful thing or, um, you know, if you have the proclivity or the uh, slant to, you know, take all your extra money and end up spending it at Chipotle or, you know, spending it eating out or doing some type of just dumb, frivolous thing and wasting uh, the extra money that you have, have some automatic transactions come out of your bank account into uh, a fund like this, a sinking fund, as I would call it, right? Where you're putting money away systematically for something or some things that you're going to purchase. Um, and then ultimately build up that money over time and then purchase whatever it is that you want out of that account, right? Um, there are several different places where you can do this in a very effective way, banks, financial institutions that allow you to do this. Now, the bottom line in all this is this, our emotions play a big role in the way that we spend our money, right? While it's nice to buy something you really want, 
overspending can get in the way of our other financial goals, right? Plus, oftentimes we may buy an attractive product and be, and be excited about it at first, uh, but the thrill quickly wears off and we no longer need it. Practicing gratitude is one of the many strategies for overcoming uh, the urge to spend frivolously. Gratitude practices are not one size fits all, and it may take some time uh, for you to find the practice that works best for you, right? Uh, however, having a practice only costs the time that it takes to do it, right? Uh, so whether your gratitude pra practice is prayer or um, you know reading the Bible or simply you know journaling or, or spending some time. Um, you know, writing to your future self or, um, you know, venting to somebody else, talking to somebody else, counseling, whatever it is, right? Uh, no matter what it is, you need to find what works correctly for you and understand that only from a place of gratitude can we be good stewards of our finances. Um, and you're going to vary in levels of gratitude over time, uh, but having that grounding, having that rooting um, in gratitude, in being thankful for what you have is going to make it where you can live a more fulfilled financial life. You won't need as much and ultimately you won't spend as much either. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. Then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions, and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.